KK Nation, welcome to our very first edition of our new roundtable show here on both Facebook and YouTube. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. Uh, so again, a brand new show. Our very first episode is December 20th, 2023, Christmas and New Year's just around the corner. And David, this thing all kind of rolling. We've talked a lot about doing a roundtable, eventually doing one. It took the column you wanted to write about the 20 potential location for the 2026 world championships and that kind of got you and I rolling and we said let's do this thing yeah it's again we're in the month of December and that's when we wanted to start doing some of the round tables because winter time people get a little restless we see a lot of chatter on the social media and what better time to get together in in the in the winter months there's not as much racing uh obviously the once January hits everybody's going to be trackside in Florida and then floor and then in February out on the west coast as well too so a lot of racing ahead, but now is a great time to get together, have a conversation, discussion about different topics. And uh, yeah, this one, you know, I, I did the the article about the 25th anniversary of the Formula C World Championships that were held in Charlotte. Uh, and, and it kind of kept it, I kept that in my mind. And, and I got to the month of December, I'm like, I need to write this column up because now is the perfect time to start the discussion because we have essentially a year and a half before 2026 is here so uh or a year and you know essentially two years but in yep. terms of planning and and deciding where this is going to happen with with the fia and fia carding now is the time to start kind of is there hope is there an idea because again we're selling we're going to be celebrating the 70th 70th anniversary of carding in uh, yeah. 2026 Obviously, starting in, in 1956, California with Art Ingalls. So, yeah, 70th, 70th anniversary. Perfect opportunity to bring that event back here. And, and David, I think, uh, you know, one of the things, well, again, we have a, we have a, an absolute experienced veteran group that are going to join us here. Uh, track management, top driver, and then two players uh, in terms of chassis importing, chassis manufacturing, and race teams joining us here as well. But, David, I think one of the key things is the fact that, you know, the U.S. is such a huge market uh, for karting. Any product that is in karting, obviously, uh, the sport huge here. And I think that's probably the reason why, you know, a little bit of the motivation for you to write that saying, hey, you know what, we're, we're a player in the sport. We deserve a major event. Yeah, I mean, it's not so much the business side of it that that triggered it. It's more of an emotional thing, but it does help the business side of things because of, as you said, the United States market is a pretty big one in terms of karting. Um, you know, I, I believe it was Ronnie Sala's interview recently. He said, I think Burrell Arts, 20% of their business is in the U.S. So yeah. that, that I mean, that stuck in my head. It's like, man, we're, you know, that's a lot uh, in terms of the world, because you look at all the different countries, especially Europe and Asia, all the different continents. Um, it's it, That's a lot. So, um, but again, we're starting to see a, a little bit more of an influx of American racers also going to Europe as well, too. And yeah. so we're, we're not only, you know, big in the market, but we're also in, in driver wise. And, you know, we have a lot of world talent drivers. We have two that are on the, on the uh, panel here tonight as well that have taken races in Europe and the world championships as well. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a little bit of everything, uh, kind of just a sentimental, a business side of things. And the fact that, you know, again, the U.S. is where everything began. Uh, so those of you tuning in, we're going to bring our guys in here momentarily. Remember, this is an interactive show. So if you have any comments, thoughts, insights, uh, just feel free to drop them in the comments. They come up to us here in the studio. We'll be able to bring them in potentially and have our guys comment on that as well. So it is interactive. If you do have some thoughts, feel free to, to, to post them here on Facebook or on, our, of course, our YouTube channel where uh, this show will uh, be home and be, be held for the most of the time. So 
Uh, David, let's get things underway. Let's let's start bringing in our crew here because we have ourselves, as I said, a star-studded lineup from CRG Nordam. We have you and Jeffrey from Newcastle Motorsports Park. We have Mike Adams, Gary Carlton from GFC Cardi, and Danny Formal from Rollison Performance Group, uh, the winner of the KZ Category Pro Shifter uh, this past uh, November at the Super Nationals. Guys, thank you for taking the time. We appreciate you coming and joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's a good lineup here, Cole. You're, you're, you're muted. I was going to type. Sorry. They're all the first people we asked, too. So that was a great thing. That's true enough. True enough. All right, guys. So here's how we're going to kind of roll into this, because obviously the topic we've talked about, uh, will could we get or should we get a world championship event, CIKFI world championship event here in, in the U.S.? Let's start with you. And what are your thoughts? Should we get one and why? I'll be honest with you, it would be one of the best things for the U.S. Yeah. For the U.S. carton market especially, I think it would be one of the best things that could happen to have such a, a big race of that magnitude brought here to the States. Uh, it's going to be a difficult kind of topic regarding classes more than anything because obviously the only kind of setback could be the difference with the classes compared to how they do it in Europe at the normal CIK races that, that they do over there. Um, you know, would it benefit carding in the US? For sure. It would bring a huge, you know, a huge, huge amount of kind of visual attraction to to the US cart market in general. And plus, it would for sure make some tracks up their game even more. And don't get me wrong, some, uh, some of these tracks in the US are fantastic. Good layouts, good kind of atmospheres at the tracks and everything. The only thing is, obviously, um, for sure to... To get the race here in the US, it would be quite a big investment for any track here to get up to kind of scratch of where they would need to be. Well, that's that's a perfect segue into Mike Adams, of course, the manager at Newcastle Motorsports Park for a couple of uh, couple of decades. Uh, Mike, is that something that would interest you guys at Newcastle? Let's put it this way: you've you know you've had essentially every major event, uh, every, every major series has come to Newcastle and does almost every year. You guys are kind of one of the key points, especially in the Midwest. What are your thoughts on a potential world championship at Newcastle? Is it something you guys would talk about? No, absolutely. Um, I'd love to have something, you know, of that magnitude here. Um, I think it would be, you know, very cool not only to showcase our facility, um, showcase the, you know, karting in the U.S. in general. Um, you know, obviously I'm biased, would love to have it at Newcastle, but just to have it in the U.S. Um, I think would be, you know, something that I think it would be good, like Ewan said, for the sport of karting here. Um you know, as far as the investment goes, you know, I've actually started talking to, um, you know, some people a little bit about that. Um, not something that, you know, obviously would be taken lightly. Um, you know, I know there's some avenues as well as just, you know, the, the putting it in, putting everything in ourselves to get some help here and there um, along the way, but would absolutely be interested in seeing what, what needed to be done, how we could get there and working with, um, you know, the organizations to make that happen. Very interesting. Gary, we'll come to you. And then Danny, obviously uh, a big player in the in the industry itself now with GFC Karting, but you've raced yourself, competed in world championship events. What are your thoughts on potentially getting a world championship race here in the U.S.? Obviously for a company like mine being based out of America, it'd make it a lot easier to segue into international markets because naturally it'd be followed by everyone in the world. Um, so yeah, the investment of of doing a race here in the States is obviously a lot less for a company like myself to then go and do it in any other part of the, of the world, if it's not based in North America. So naturally I'd be 
one pushing for it. I mean, we were as a company, we are going to be going and doing the world championship next year in Portugal to try to expand out and get recognition, you know, worldwide and not just here in North America, but yeah, naturally for a race in the U S be a lot easier for us. And to showcase American karting, I don't know if it would do that as much as it would just give American drivers and, and American-based teams a better shot at putting themselves against world-class drivers and world-class teams, which we do see in certain categories, like in the race in Las Vegas and whatnot. Um, the only thing I would wish... I mean, I'm sure Ewan remembers when we used to do those, like what I call like flyaway races when we went in Egypt and even when we came to the, um, what was it, New Jersey when we were shipping everything in containers and whatnot. I remember in, at least here in the States, we shipped it to an importer where in Egypt we had to ship everything there and then ship everything <laughs> back. And I, I vividly remember us going through the garbage cans and getting the brake cleaner that we use because the customs office, well, you brought it in, you got to take it back out. So us having those little logistical problems, I think we probably the only downfall of all these teams looking to come out here, but it could be different as well, because like I said, it didn't seem like we had that many problems when we did the race in New Jersey, as all the importers seemed to take the material after what, after the race was done with. So, yeah, that's those those WSK races that we had in New Jersey. That's right. That was a, and that's a topic we'll come up with how to facilitate. That's something we can talk about is for, for the European manufacturers, where you have to work with the, obviously your importer to kind of run the program here. Now let's wrap up the first run through the, the rotation here with Danny Formal. Danny, obviously you're the only active driver here winning the super nationals. You know what you have, what it takes. What, what would it mean to you? I'm, I'm just, I know you're not going to say, no, I don't want to have a world championship here. What, what would it mean to you to be able to have a world championship at a track, you know, you know, and in your home in home country? Not for sure. I think that anything that the closest thing that I had to that was at NOLA in 2013. Actually, that's where me and Ewan got quite close. And the, the season after I raced with him in, in Europe the in curb, 82. The curb master. Uh, I was on the table. <laughs> I was on the table after every session. I, was, uh, ben yeah, Kingpin. I remember. Ben, <laughs> ben Kingpins. I was really, I was actually trying to be super nice to you. And so he didn't charge me the chassis. But uh, yeah, it would be. I shoot it up. I know you're 100%. Um, the, only, the only track that had to get changed because of one driver. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much, right? But anyways, yeah, I think it'd be great. I think like Gary, you and, and Mike said it, I think for the karting in, in, in the United States, we need something like that. I think we have something. It's not as close to a world championship, but we get drivers from all over the world, which is, you know, in Vegas every year. But uh, it's a different story when it's a racetrack, right? You get those guys in a track like Newcastle, let's say. It's a whole different story than racing them at, you know, a parking lot. So I think for the karting, it'd be great. Um, I'd love to participate. I'd have to probably chop my legs off because they race about 20 pounds lighter than we do here. So, yeah, I don't know how to make that weight. And, uh, yeah, screws that in, 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 in parking lots, it helps, but anywhere else it doesn't. So, yeah, but I think it would be something very beneficial. Uh, like you and said, I think the OK and OK Junior category is a little bit different because we really don't race that right now in the States. We only race KZ2. Um, but apart from that, I think we have a few tracks across the country that are definitely capable of hosting a world championship event. Well, Danny, you, I'm going to segue into this because you mentioned something about it. We had obviously Super Nationals where we do have a lot of international drivers come. We had obviously the world champion, European champion and other champions come over the last few years. 
Do you think, though, a temporary circuit kind of hinders people from coming over from Europe and racing here in the United States to an event like the Super Nationals, where if we had a world championship at a proper facility, a racetrack, it would entice more of the drivers who race internationally to come here and race? Actually, I don't think so. I think Supernats the, the, being one of a kind, let's say, is something that people like. I believe that. I believe that most of the factory drivers in KZ, they don't decide what they race. Their manufacturer decides what they race. So I don't think that really matters so much at that point. I could be wrong, Gary, and you and know more about that stuff than I do. Uh, but I think I do like uh, a parking lot racetrack just because we get there on Wednesday and everyone gets there on Wednesday. No one knows the, the layout. No six months of testing before how they do for the world championship. They start testing for the world championship in Portugal probably two weeks from now. You know, like it's it's crazy how much time they get testing, how much testing they do. Um, and I do like that situation of, you know, five practice sessions and let's go racing. Um, I, I definitely enjoy that. And I think it's a it's a, uh, you know, it's beneficial for drivers to learn the track quickly, mechanics, engine builders, everything. Uh, so I don't think that's a really big effect. I think I've, obviously we call it a CIK. If you call it Supernets at CIK World Championship, we probably have 140 in KZ. But you know, it's not. It's called Supernets, and it's 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 not an official CIK race. Um, so I don't think so. Um, I think it'd be a huge event if the World Championship was done here. But I think it'd be just a big event because it's just another World Championship, and every World Championship, you know, you watch CIK, FIA. There's 122, 125 in KZ2. You know, you got 40 of the factory guys in KZ, and then again, OK and OKJ again, 100 plus drivers. So I think that has to do a lot with the name. And, and, and what it means to become a CIK world champion. You know, obviously the first thing is just, uh, it would be to get the FIA CIK even to just consider, right? Put it in their mind that they want to kind of start walking down that road. But the first thing then would be, I think would be kind of like the venue. Uh, you and, you know, you talked a little bit about what it would take. Uh, let's, let's just talk venues first. You know, what do you guys think in terms of, what's the short list of, of tracks that could, number one, hold that kind of an event, that, that, you know, the size of the paddock and the, and the track itself? We pause this show for a quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Ready to step up your game? Joining the Rawlison Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national-level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. We work with all age groups and are focused on developing those cadet and junior drivers who are ready to take the next step in their racing program. Rawls Performance Group has set a new standard with our in-house engine program, AVP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. AVP has become the benchmark in IAMI competition. We have the largest OTK inventory that follows our race team providing trackside parts at all the major events in North America. RPG also offers multilingual support with French, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking staff. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawls Performance Group. We race to win. For over 20 years, Greg Bell has been building race-winning power for kart racers. One need only look at his team, 
Leading Edge Motorsports. He's always built edges for his team, and the results have been wins at the biggest races in America, the Scusa Super Nationals and the Rock Vegas events. The name on this program, Mega Power. This year alone, Bell and Danny Formell teamed up to sweep the Rock Shifter class on the Florida Winter Tour, all on a Mega Power engine. If you want to win shifter kart races, it's time to put Mega Power on your kart. Mega Power specializes in gearbox engines, such as the TMKZ, Rock Shifter, and IME Shifter, but with almost three decades of engine building experience, Bell develops winning motors for X30 and Mini Swift and everything in between. The combination of Greg Bell's engine building skills and his chassis tuning knowledge is a potent mixture. Greg's helped catapult many drivers to wins over the years, including Mercedes F1 star George Russell, who won the Supernats 14 in 2011 with Leading Edge Motorsports. Increase your odds of winning at this year's Rock Vegas or Supernational events or throughout 2023 by calling Greg Bell today at 209-747-2613 to put mega power in your corner. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. We now join the show already in progress. You There's, yeah, I can start. There, there's a few. There are a few different tracks. Obviously, Newcastle for sure being one of them. Yeah. And that one, for, as far as the the facilities and the layout and everything, for sure Newcastle would be right up there. You know, um, there's a lot of other good tracks. Obviously, you know, Trackhouse Motorplex over in the East Coast. You know, obviously, I don't want to miss anybody out and offend anybody, but, you know, the main ones that you would think of at the moment, if you went East Coast, you would say track house around about there because, obviously, it's a very, very, very nice facility as far as, you know, the the East Coast goes in the whole of the U.S. You know, going more to the Midwest, for sure, 100%. You know, I would definitely pick Newcastle. You've got Nola Motorsports Park. You've got, you know, even close to us, you've got Speed Sports. Yep. Speedsworks might might be very tight on the the paddock size and everything. USPKS, we managed it and we got through it, you know. So I don't see any reason why that. But picking the location, yes, it's important the track, but it it has to be an important location logistically, also for the people that are traveling in from outside the the outside the United States. Because at the end of the day, if people are flying in from Europe to fly to the East Coast or to fly to the Midwest, it's a lot easier than flying to the whole West Coast, you know, and it's also from a logistical side and everything as well. Um, you know, there's a handful of tracks that you could pick. The only issue that there could be is, and obviously I've, I've 
been doing all the European races for like a long, long time now. And obviously, I'm, I've been lucky over the years being team manager at CRG for the for the official team that I've been able to get a lot better understanding of the CIK rules and the FIA homologation stuff, the all the ins and outs. And obviously, I've got some good friends that still work within that. Um, it's a complicated process very very complicated process and it's not just a case of you know filling in a couple of forms and and you know just that's homologation done if it was only that easy honestly it'd be awesome but it's a long 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 process and like it could take up to a year to to even get a track close to being homologated you know and i'm not going to mention any track names but like it's it's one of these things that it's such a big investment for a track that if we're racing here in the us we consider all the tracks here to be, you know, top level and everything. But the problem we have at the moment is that the, the CIK and I sent you the document um, this afternoon and yep. this the, the stipulations that they put out of what they need as a CIK homologated track. Is it too much? Uh, you can't argue, though, you know, and it's one of these things. It's 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 a really, really, really difficult thing to do. Um, and it just takes a lot of time, money, investment in, in the track. And I think it would be one of the best things because in the end, we're going to make a, a good track here in the US in a world-class circuit, like literally world-class circuit, because it, it's not even just people think about the track homologation just being the track layout. But there's so much more to it, even down to facilities, electric in the paddock, you know, and there's there's so many stipulations on the CIK homologation for this that, it, you know, there's a lot of demands to meet, you know. Interesting. You, may, you mentioned travel. I, I think probably the further west, the furthest west you could probably go looking at a track would probably be Utah, I would think, Salt Lake City at, at uh, Utah Motorsports Campus. Obviously, NOLA Motorsports Park as well. I think one that would be uh, into consideration as well. Uh, Gary, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, those those kind of tracks we've talked about, you think that's kind of what, what we'd be looking at? I mean, I think for the logistics side on people getting to the racetrack, it really wouldn't matter if you're going from the West Coast to the to the East Coast on flights. I mean, flights from the West Coast, from San Francisco, from New York to Italy, they're it's peanuts in comparison of what the price differences are. It'd be more so I would be, it'd be interesting to see because maybe a lot of the big manufacturers the, that are going to be coming over would be sending material to their importers and then the importer would be driving to the yeah. city. And then maybe, but it would be a majority of like, let's say, X class, like class X, it would be in it, be okay, OKJ or whatnot, are not going to be necessarily all factory teams. So, how are they going to get their material to the track? And what's the logistics on that is probably going to make a bigger, play a bigger role. Who actually shows up to the race and if there's going to be enough people to get there? So, is it going to be a thing where it's where the track has the closest ports the logistics side is a lot so much less i mean that's the one thing we'd also have to look to because it needs to make it viable for the teams i know when we did like i had that example when we did it in egypt they made it easier for the teams to go do this i mean we can't just say okay we're gonna have a race and we hope everyone shows up you're gonna have to have things in place for those smaller teams that maybe don't have an importer to bring those drivers in because as long as it, it, the dream, yes, I mean, we'd love to have the, the race here in the U.S., and I'm sure a lot of USA drivers would come do this event, but in the 
in theory, the teams and the drivers really make the event. If we had every world championships caliber driver, all the best drivers come up and show up and do a club race anywhere would be considered a big event because it's the drivers and the teams and everything. they make the event. They naturally, you know, I got, I know the name of it makes a big deal, but also the teams. I mean, that's why people want to go to world championship events because it has the big name drivers, the big name teams. And we got to make sure all those other teams too can come to the, do the event as well. Logistically, um, the easiest as possible. And I know, I think the CIK and the FIA and the teams that were coming from Europe would definitely have to get together and make it viable and easier for them as well before we even think the track and the facility, like Ewan said, yeah, it has to be at the level of CIK and the FIA, which would be difficult. But then getting people to go, hey, let's go do this because, I mean, it wasn't too long ago where this FIA said we're going, they're going to do their world championship in Brazil. Everyone got together and said, no, we're not doing it because it's going to cost too much. And they ended up not doing the the race in Brazil. So we'd have to make it where the teams are not going to go against it too. Cause I would hate to see someone like Mike put all this money into his track and then, then not show up. And I mean, it's kind of a black eye on, on America too. Like, Oh, they, they were going to go there. Why didn't they go kind of thing as well? Yeah. We, we'd want to have everybody on board, right? hundred percent on that. Mike, Mike, as a, as a track manager and part of, you know, obviously the, the family ownership at, at Newcastle, have you guys ever looked into potentially trying to get upgraded in terms of FI, FICIK status? Not completely. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. When it was originally built, um, I know that, you know, the track width and that kind of stuff, I know Mark took that into consideration. Um, but as far as, you know, the, the rest of it, um, I have actually reached out and will do some research on what that is. I mean, it was something that, you know, as you guys are talking about it now, we've been talking about it not for very long, you know, maybe call it six months, um, thinking about that may be the next thing that we'd like to see there. And so in this off season, that, that is going to be something that I'm going to look into relatively heavily. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about then I guess really the categories, you know, we, you mentioned that earlier a, a little bit, obviously KZ and KZ two would be the primary one that we, that we kind of support. We do. We really just don't, you know, we really don't have enough of the OKN and we don't, don't even have OKN Junior at all. I can't see, I think that would be the toughest sell. I don't know that they want it. You know, we don't have that that much OKN racing over here. But it goes back to pretty much what Gary was just saying about the, the world championship that was, that was proposed in Brazil. It was a very similar situation because in the end, one of the other reasons why they didn't do the world championships in brazil is because brazil have to manufacture their own chassis there because they have to use brazilian made products so if you went and did a brazilian world championships in the end it's going to be so much added cost for everybody because they have to ship all the material back in the end after the race whereas you know chassis wise for the manufacturers honestly does it change much having it here in the us or in europe not really because at the end of the day the, the stuff would be left here in the U.S. stateside anyway. So that would be perfectly fine. As far as the classes go, what would benefit the U.S. market most? That's kind of, I think, probably the point where how you need to look at it. You know, having an OK Junior and OK Senior World Championship, would that benefit the U.S.? In, in my personal opinion, not really at this moment in time, because in the end, they, they don't even entertain the classes over here. Would it, would it potentially cause a cause a, some a motivation for people to get into that category? Right? Would it jumpstart the class here? 
jump start in the class here. The problem is there's too many cooks in the kitchen, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm not like I said, I'm not gonna mention Gary's any names or at yeah. but in the end, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. And the problem is it's very difficult to streamline anything. The the thing that obviously at this moment that streamline things is pretty much all the series going to the KC category and then sticking with Miami. Which honestly it makes everybody's life a lot easier when it's streamlined. Don't get me wrong. But the problem is we're kinda of a little bit alienated from doing a world championship for an OK junior and OK senior. So do I see a benefit in doing the world championships with OK and OK? Not really. <clears throat> you know. Not unless a lot of these promoters over here that do all the their their own, you know, kind of single championships jumped on board and said, oh, hey, let's go and do the OK. You know, to be perfectly honest, the only class that would suit everything at this moment in time would be the shifter. Because it's the only thing that the category that you race over there, the category we race over here. You know, it's very, very different about the, the whole thing there. You know, and it's, it's sad because the problem is we're kind of, separate ourselves from the from the other side of the world a little bit you know um you know that's that's kind of my my two cents on the the class thing you know it could be good we could get a, a one-off world championships where you take all four categories you take all the kz categories and all the okay categories and you come across and do one big world championships that would be cool you know um but obviously i think that would go down to the the fia promoter and and how they would look at organizing the world champs you know and you did mention that you feel that, uh, <clears throat> that the industry-wise, obviously all the manufacturers coming over, shipping everything over here to kind of work with their importers and their and their teams here in the U.S. That there's the market would be able to, you know, purchase all the used carts that are here. That's a lot. It's a lot of material that will get brought over. Yeah, for sure. But it wouldn't. I don't honestly see it being a problem on a cart side, on a cart side and a part side and everything. At the end of the day. You know, we've we've got a warehouse here in Texas and we've got, you know, probably upwards of a million dollars worth of injury easy, you know. But at the end of the day, would it be a problem having parts and carts and everything shipped across? No, it, 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 if anything, it makes everything better because it just adds to the inventory that we've got here. You know, it's not kind of it's not a make or break kind of, kind of thing. If anything, it helps everybody. Gary, you were talking about how, how uh, it, it'd be more difficult for some of the smaller teams and manufacturers to, to bring their stuff over. But don't, it, couldn't you see that as an opportunity for them? Because as yourself, you're, you're a smaller brand in terms of the worldwide stage. Do you see it as an opportunity for them to maybe get exposure here in the U.S. and start an importership here in the U.S. with somebody who who's looking for something new? Or, you know, again, when you're going over there, as you say, you are in 2024 that's kind of your opportunity to, to showcase your brand to the european market and possibly add european dealers for your brand as well oh 100 and i guess i should have worded that a little bit differently it is going to be a good opportunity because i'm doing exactly the same thing but obviously in the opposite in the opposite way but uh, i was just i guess trying to trying to say that we need to make it sure that they it's easy for right. those types of teams because i mean it's one of those things and I've, I've seen a lot of people i guess the general public at least here in the u.s looks at well, what determines a big race is the number of drivers they all they always talk about numbers 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 and which i don't quite agree with i think it's the depth of talent and the depth of teams that do come to the races but to get i think people at least 
excited here in the U.S. about different categories or different carts or anything else. They need to have those big numbers, right? They, everyone's focused on these numbers and which maybe they, to their fault or my fault is right or wrong. I don't know, but um, I think we just got to make sure. I guess it's I'm always that type of guy like, oh, it's good to dream of it, but I'm all the, I'm automatically the person that looks like, well, okay, what would, what would be the problems? How would we have to fix this? How could right. we do it? Because it naturally, I mean, you know, I'd love to see it come to the U.S., but I have stipulations because I'm doing, I'm going through this same process right now, but trying to go over to, to yeah, Europe right. as well. And, and in my original article, I brought up Charlotte. You know, we, we talk, I talked about it in the beginning. Um, you have a facility there that has a, a huge, massive garage space. You know, because you look at logistics wise and, and maybe for you and, and, and you yourself, you know, tents, you know, that's a big overhaul. That's a lot. You got, you know, when you go to Supernats, everybody's got to rent tents or if they don't have, if they have too many drivers, you know, so is Charlotte a possibility, you know, because again, you're working with a corporation that could put a lot of money into their racetrack to make sure it's homologated, make sure, um, you know, has everything it needs. And, but also on a promotional side, they could dump a lot of money into promoting the sport of karting with a world championship coming to a facility like that. Do you think that's maybe enticing for, for, for factories and, and teams coming over? Hey, you just have to drop it here and then create it back up and then ship it back home. That's, you know, does that, is that something you think would work there and possibly as a, as a possible facility? Is it, if you, what do you guys think about Charlotte? I mean, I remember when we did the races, um, in Egypt, they had like tents for us, or kind of like the Rotax style okay. thing. If you I mean if the track could facilitate tents or garages or some type of covering for the teams, and obviously it takes one. I know myself included. Like I'm going to this world champion and looking and say, okay, do I need to rent a tent? Do I need to buy a tent? Leave a tent? I mean, so if that's one thing where you knew you could come to an event and they'd have proper tense for Hungry. you that you just yeah then yes i mean yeah, sure it would take I a think, lot of i think all in all gary though it's that the tent part let's say as far as the logistics go it's one of the minimal 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 thing it's probably you know and i mean okay. doing the race over here i'm not saying because everybody in the end that's coming over for, that would be coming over from europe they would be able to rely on a manufacturer more or less because in the end if you look at the list of manufacturers more or less they'd always be able to rely on pretty much somebody because it, you know, most of the carts are, you know, linked to the manufacturer. And that's why European carton is very different compared to the U S because, you know, even you have all the teams over, even the private teams over in Europe, all the teams are linked to the factories in some way, you know, they, they rely on the factories a lot more than obviously than a, than a, a team would in another country. All the teams that do the European races and the world championships are all quite, closely linked with the factories so in the in the end it would all go down to the main kind of importers for each product dotted around the u.s uh one thing that i want to change, change topics a little bit is what would it take to potentially get make this discussion happen at the cik would, would it take you know more drivers potentially going over and, and running in more european events danny you know you talked about the fact that 2013 we connected with you and you got a chance to go run with them over in europe what what was your experience? Let's just talk about your experience the first time you got a chance to run a world championship event. We pause this show for a quick commercial break. 
Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe North America and Asia, becoming the CIKFIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parolin has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro De Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that, at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record-setting season in 2022. Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margay Racing at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitekarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Kart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full karting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. 
make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. We now join the show already in progress. I think we're, is it Mike working? Was it, was it going crazy Hello. for you? Hold on. Uh, one, yeah, it was going a bit wacky. Your mic okay. went wild on us. Yeah, your mic's, your mic's, yeah. This is good. Are we good? No, hold on. We'll get you back on. We'll, we'll see what, we'll see what we can do. Hold on. Go ahead, Rob. Uh, you and let's ask you, well, Gary, let's ask you that question. When you went to Europe, how did that change you as a driver? Is it something that some of the young drivers over here may want to, may want to look at a little more in terms of experience? 100%. Um, I think it changed me as a driver just because at my time of karting here in the U.S., I would say the level of driving was a lot lower than what it is now. I think we've seen a lot of European influence either coming over to the to here to the States and with a lot more drivers going over to Europe as well. I mean, I, I mean, there's no question about it if you took – a driver at 12 years old and went up against my 12 year old self, he would smoke me. He or she would absolutely destroy me because the level in karting in the U S has gone up tenfold since, since my heyday of, you know, the stars of karting championship and whatnot. So, um, will it help them? Yes. 100%, but not as much as, as it was, you know, 20 years ago by, by any means. Cause I think the factories over in Europe, have more support here in the U.S. and in bringing uh, more support and other drivers. So uh, naturally, it has risen the level of USA karting to a point where you can see a lot of these drivers, especially in the younger categories, maybe not the really experienced categories like KZ, but any category like OKN, OKNJ, or OKJ and all those categories. A lot of the American drivers go over there and maybe they struggle a little bit with the grip situation because there's a little bit higher grip over there. But they don't do as bad as where we used to do back in the, if it was like a win, like you'd here in America, like, Oh, they, he made the final. What a, what a great race he had. Now it's like, no, there are people, we have people winning races, yeah. AKA Logan Sargent and won a world championship. Um, so I think, yes, would they learn 100%, but it's not like it was 20 years ago when we thought, when you see one driver go over to Europe for do a season and come back to the States and actually start mopping everybody up really easily. And because of all the things they learned from Europe, it's uh, yes. Would you learn, but not as much as 20 years ago, because thankfully we can all say the, the level in America has risen substantially. And that's interesting because we talk a little bit there. We mentioned having to have everybody kind of on board, right? The CIK would have to want it. The manufacturers would have to all be on board. And Greg Welch is a good quote from Greg Welch. So I don't see a benefit to the U.S. because of what you had said in regards to the engines. To me, the manufacturers that want to improve their market share have plenty of good race opportunities with the U.S. PKS, Supernats, Rock Vegas, Pro Tour, et cetera. What are your thoughts on that, guys? Uh, is For manufacturers in Europe, would there even be motivation to have a world championship here? Or, or are they getting what they need industry-wise from what we already have here? You and Sarah. If you want, I can go. So I actually had a conversation on the phone with Mr. Tirini, the owner from CRG today, regarding this roundtable discussion that we're having now. Um, because I, I was curious to know his opinion on on this situation before we even had the, the roundtable. And, you know, he was quite keen on the idea, but 
even the first thing that he said and the first thing that came to mind, I can hear you now. what's the point? He said, what's the point if we don't even use these classes over there? Yeah. Literally, that, and he's not wrong, you know, and it's, it's very, very difficult to, you know, come and race something over here and most people won't even know what it is type thing, you know. It's it's not an easy kind of situation with the the class thing. It's interesting because you go back and look at the back twenty five years ago at Charlotte when we had the Formula C World Championships here and we didn't run Formula C right. There was no Formula C really. Uh, they ran at the Supernats a couple of years later, but we ran the Hondas back then. And same when we had the Formula A and Super A, we didn't run that really over here as well. Now they did have the manuf or the uh, constructors championship with WK at one point, but it's interesting because back then there really wasn't those categories here, but they still had the major events, the North American Karting Championships. But you and obviously that's really good input from Mr. Tanini about the questions he would have regarding whether or not it's even viable or needed. No, I think the part of it being viable, it's always going to be viable, you know, to to organize. And it was like what Gary said before about the, you know, we've organized and managed to, you know, organize races on the other side of the world in Japan, China, Asia, you know, all over that section. And is it difficult to organize? Not really. Once you've organized the logistics part from the office and, and literally got everything going, you know, that's that's the easiest part, nearly. You know, uh, it's all the other stuff, the logistical part, organizing the travel for all your staff and everything. That, that becomes a little bit more complicated. But the actual logistics part for the material, it's not super difficult. You know, um, yeah. you know, and it's more down to would it be feasible to do the race? You know, would there be interest? A hundred percent would be interest from probably all the manufacturers, you know, because it's a big market for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Gary, obviously, you, you feel the same way that obviously, you know, the market you're you're working on here, the, the growth that you've had with G, uh, GFC over the last couple of years. And indeed, you're, you're already saying that you want to go to the world championships in Europe just for for your brand alone. Right. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, naturally, if they had it here in the U.S., it'd make it a lot, I mean, a lot easier for us to facilitate it. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, I think the biggest thing, like Mr. Zini and you and said, it's it's having the same engine platform is going to be the viable thing to, you know, if we were sitting here trying to promote karting, I mean, I guess it would be the whole idea, are we trying to promote karting in the U.S., but if you came to the U.S. and people had people come over and start doing more races here in the U.S., you'd have to have that category that they want to come do if they were going to come do here at the World Championship because it'd be like just another one-off event for them and it wouldn't keep them coming back, which I think that's been one great growth here in the States is one having it being, you know, the, the live streams that all you guys have been doing and getting that depth on that is good for a company like myself seeing that, but then also getting more European and other drivers from all over the world to come raise our level of karting as well has been great. But is it a thing where having a, an event like that with an engine that we don't support, it would be hard to, to justify it, to be able, it wouldn't be a long-term man. It's just kind of like something cool to do. That was fun be helpful for someone like myself and the American drivers to have a better shot to have a good, good chance of doing well at, at a race that they may know the track or the grip levels might be more or less the same that they're used to. But after what, will we see anything come of it? That'd be the thing what we'd want to look at because if we're going to put this much effort and time, we would like to try to benefit from 
the investment that we'd all put into it. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting because obviously uh, the OKN category, it, it you know obviously was ran last year in the Challenge in America as it was run in the Stars Championship. Would that be something we'd have to focus on, you guys? You, you would think maybe whether or not they see growth this year. You know, they obviously they had certain numbers last year. They would have to con- continue to see growth, I think, to potentially make uh, the CIK look at it. You and you think that's kind of along the right line? Principally, the big, big problem that there is at the moment that there's no one general body here in the U.S. that says this is the rule. Yeah, This is how it is. And this is how we're doing it. And don't get me wrong, it's not an easy thing to do because the US is such a big place. We're still the wild west of karting, we know that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but honestly, and that's why a lot of people love the US. I I had a conversation with somebody today and that was literally the description they used. I love the US, it's like the wild west. And I'm like, all right, okay. But you know, it's- Especially in Texas, right? (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, it's it's one of the things at the moment that you know, it's it's just very, very difficult, you know, to get people to come together. It's literally like being in politics, you know, because, you know, it's difficult because you got one promoter that wants one thing, you've got another promoter that wants another, you got, and, and, you know, a lot of times they do come together and agree on things and everything. But, you know, when it comes down to, you know, and I, I think you said USAC's the, obviously the, the licensing body at the moment, I think for the US. The problem is what's the involvement in carding? Yeah. Yeah, USAC's Here. only done a little bit. USAC is obviously the, yeah. the connection to ACUS, which is the FIA uh, ASN here. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're right. They don't they don't have that much of a contact anymore at all. Uh, with and that, that's, that's going to be one of the biggest hurdles and challenges to do anything. Because, and even from Mike's, from Mike's standpoint, looking into the FIA homologation and stuff for the track, you know, in the end, so when you present a homologation for a request for a track homologation, okay, you actually have to, you're not allowed to just call the FIA and say, ah, oh, I want a track homologation. No, you, you actually have to go through the proper channels and you have to present it to your ASN. And then afterwards from the, the ASN, they need the, the actual ASN for that country needs to present the request to the FIA. Yeah. So, you know, in the end, the, the big problem is at the moment that, you know, it would be great to have it. And I would love it because at the end of the day, even even for Newcastle, Newcastle, if if, if they had to spend you know two, three, four, five hundred dollars on their five hundred thousand dollars on their track now, it would make a good track, but awesome, you know, even even better than it is. And to be fair, Newcastle is a track that everybody loves going to, you know, and. It's one of these things that, yes, it works out in everybody's favor, but you know, you just need to see if it is worth the investment in the end. Because if somebody has to take out that big, that big an investment for one race, because at the end of the day, you're talking about doing that investment for one race. Yeah. Yes, you make you make a good track afterwards, and you make a big, fantastic facility, but is it worth it? <laughs> You know, and it's it's hard. It's hard because well, you know, and, and like, you and a, a track in Europe can do that, but they're going to get European Championship races. They're going to get all these different events, right? We're exactly. we're kind of relying you can on get one, multiple races throughout the year. Yeah, we're know? we're asking the Dismore to you drop know. a half a million dollars potentially and to get one race. Well, and to that point, though, you know, if it was something that we looked into this, maybe it's something where you go, okay, we do one now, and then in the next five to seven years, you get another one. You know, to where you it it kind of at least you know amortizes it over two races yeah, yeah. and then after that whatever but you know somehow you know you work that into where there's 
one and then five to seven years later you've got another one back yeah or, or rotax grand finals or something like that right well. right yeah. okay yeah because in all honesty 2026 you know rotax grand finals could be that world championship in a way because that you know it's different from fia but in my terms it's one of the biggest karting events in the world as well um you know and we we we, we call it the olympics of karting because that's essentially what it is with 60 some countries coming together 384 drivers that were in Bahrain this year. Um, you know, we've seen it at NOLA Motorsports Park. It was an amazing event. Great. You know, we had our first ever USA champion crown there with Juan Manuel Carrera. We had Oliver Askew on the, on the podium. We had Joey Winsett on the podium. We won the Nation's Cup. I mean, <clears throat> as an American, that was probably one of the greatest, greatest moments in karting history for, for me to witness. And, uh, you know, so that that's another avenue as well, too, because, you know, we're, we're seeing a big, uh, you know, big push by rate, race Rotax and J3 competition, along with, you know, RTX karting down in, in the southern part of the of the country as well, too. So that's also another option as well. So if if, you know, FIA says no, you know, there's there's that avenue. Of maybe maybe we can get Rotax on board with, with bringing that event back. And again, similar to what we've already talked about, they come here, they drop the carts. It's, you know, and then they leave the carts or they give them to acceleration or, or Sodi racing USA or, or, uh, you know, PSL carting with Burrell art. Um, who are the other manufacturers? Praga Praga is the other manufacturer where they just, they leave the carts here or, uh, or, or they sell them pre-race. So I, I, you know, I'd love to see either. I, I think if I were to rank it, I think it would be the KZ world championship Rotax grand finals. And then the, okay, because as you guys have mentioned throughout the show, I think I think the market here in the U.S. it won't dictate to the OK and OK Junior categories. We just we just don't have it here, and I think the the other two other two platforms might be the better opportunity or shot to try and bring it to the USA. I want to go back. I want to go back to Danny now that we got him. We think we have him squared up here. Danny, let's let's go back to, to you as a driver again and, and running a World Championship event. What, what what how was it for you going over to the Worlds for the first time? We pause this show for a quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. It's a multi-time world champion, and it's a Supercarts USA Super Nationals winner. It is Sodicart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the U.S., Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodi Kart chassis line under the karting distribution banner, led by industry veteran Terry Germanovich. The French manufacturer Sodi Kart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers product in classes from Mini to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Sodi Racing USA has already begun establishing its dealer network, working with the Karting Collective on the West Coast, and recently signing PK Sport to serve as a dealer and the official race team on the East Coast. Visit Sodi-Racing-USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Kart chassis line, or call 954-634-5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA network today. Sodi Kart, the world leader in the karting industry. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. 
Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. Motor mounts. They keep your engine attached to your chassis, right? The answer is, they're much more important than that. Your motor mount is critical in transferring 100% of the power from your engine through to your tires and the racetrack. You need this to get on the podium each and every time you race. Odenthal Racing Products is here for you, providing the best motor mounts on the karting market today. All designed to make sure you're using all the horsepower you pay for. Odenthal Racing Products is a family owned and operated business with decades of karting experience in providing products with unmatched quality and value for our racing community. The Pro Series mount for two cycle engines, which is available in zero, five, and eight degree inclinations, provides a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a minimum without adding too much weight to your setup. The four cycle easy set system is one of the most popular mounts for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, our ORP wedge clamps get the job done. And they feature a number of design updates to provide a lower profile and lighter weight. The clamps are available from 28 mil to 32 mil in both standard and Euro style sizes. And now, Odenthal has also revolutionized the karting industry with its new Easy GP camera mounting system. Designed to mount anywhere on your chassis with one or two cameras, the ORP Easy GP camera mount is your solution to capture that onboard winning moment. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, proudly made in the USA. Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. We now join the show already in progress. Is it better now? There you go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. There we go. I bought the cheap. It's not the actual <laughs> AirPods. I bought the cheap one. <laughs> you would think winning the Super Nationals, you could afford AirPods, right? Man, I live with my wife in Florida. I can't afford freaking AirPods. Come on. All right. All right. So let's talk about your, your world championship experience. Yeah, so my first one was in 2010 in Lakanka, um, by far one of the coolest tracks I've ever experienced. Uh, that first year I went was before they uh, uh, put new asphalt in it, because after that I went in KZ, almost killed myself. But um, it was a great event. I remember in the Senior Max, I qualified second. Um, I was actually really quick all weekend long. I finished fourth in the in the race. Um and then my second one was in Portugal, where Gary's going Portimao. I struggled quite a bit. Um, very, very, very long straightaway. As long as Supernats, or even longer. Um, yeah, my engine wasn't great. Gary was there. He was helping me out a lot, actually. Um, I finished, I think, like 11th or 10th, something like that. So I definitely experienced the the, the, the European um, level in Rotax. Uh, I only did one KZ race with with Ewan in, back in 2013, and at 2014 in uh, in in Genk 
And actually, Gary was racing against me and uh, KZ2. And I remember Gary and I finished 1-2 in the practice before qualifying. I've still um, got the I've still got the burn from the angle grinder trying to lighten your cart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. exactly. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday. Uh, I was I was supposed to race with um, with Pedro Hilbrand as my teammate, and he decided not to race at the end, or Mister Tanini decided not to. So I got his Maxter Taxab engines. I remember because I went to the to the trailer. It said Hilbrand didn't say four mile, and I got his engines. Very very good. Um, so I was very, very quick. Um, uh, yeah, I had a couple of mechanical failures. I remember Ewan was kind of uh, mad that day. I remember when my engine fell off in qualifying. And I remember the mechanic, too. He's I'm not going to mention. He knows who it was. But my engine fell off in qualifying. So I qualified like 105th or something. So it wasn't the best experience. But I, you know, it was incredible to to race against all those guys. I was not in the KZ categories in the KZ2. But still, you know, the top 40 of the guys in that in, in, in that moment where the level is so, so high. Um, so, yeah, for sure, to have a world championship in the USA would definitely help everyone from the USA be closer. How Gary has mentioned a couple of times, 100 percent, the grip level, learning the tracks. Again, most of these tracks you go in Europe, all these guys have 1.5 million laps. It'd be like, you know, them coming to me and racing me in Orlando or Homestead, you yeah. know. The advantage I got, or, or Gary in Sonoma, or, or, or Ewan in, in speed sports. It's just like for them, all these European tracks, they get so many laps, and the teams know the tracks so well. They know at this time it does this, what you have to do at this time, at this time. Um, so having a world championship as a driver here, you know, would be fantastic. The only thing I would definitely see is people saying, you know, you want a world championship, but you want it in the US. You know, I don't know, I don't know why, but you know. Everyone has Europe as such a pedestal, and it is. Don't get me wrong. It is the highest level of karting in the world. Um, but as Gary said, 20 years ago, when I first started racing go-karts, you would see the OK class, let's say, back then when I watched, it was Super KF. That was real drivers. Those are you know 20-year-old, 25-year-old factory full-paid drivers to run that class. Now you see OK, the 13-year-old kids, about five or six in the whole grade are getting paid. And the rest of them are paying. Uh, they're not really full factory drivers. They're, it's it's changed. The evolution of drivers have changed a lot. You know, back then, Super KF had already go. You know, all these guys that are the pinnacle of racing, when you, at least in my generation, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ewan is a little older than me. So he saw all the Danilo Rossi's <laughs> and Torres and all these guys. Um, but those generations are kind of gone. They only do KZ uh, now. And even KZ is becoming a young driver class too. So the European European level is still high. Don't get me wrong, very very high. It's just not. I don't see see it like it used to be. Like, man, these guys like Gary. When we Gary raced, holy cow, man! You watch, just look at the names of the guys Gary raced. Are all the legends that we talk about? You know, at the top of their game with the top factories. You know. Um, so yes, I think the level of USA has gone up, but at the same time, I think the level of Europe has come down in a way of who you're racing against. You're racing against really fast kids before you're racing against really fast, gentle, men. let's say. Yeah, gentle, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Guys like me, like my age, I, I, I know. I'm still like the kid here, but I'm almost, I'm 28 and next week. Actually on Sunday, I turned 28. You know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting up there too, but you know. Yeah, I forgot, we've got, we've got the same birthday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're right. both on the 24th. Um, yeah. 
but at this, my, my point being is it, it's so different to 10 years ago um, when 28 was actually your peak. You know, you're, you're getting there. You Now, man, I, like Jesus, I, I, the guy was, that won the KZ2 World Cup was like 14 years old. Like, you know, you didn't see that 10 years ago. And no. again, I, I bet you he's bloody fast. Don't get me wrong. But uh, for me, you can't compare a 14-year-old to a peak uh, 4A or a peak Artigo or a peak Gary Cat or a peak Gary, you know, Gary Carlton. You can't, in my opinion. It's, it's so different now. So, yeah, the world championship bringing it to the U.S. is going to help. But I guarantee it that Gary's guys with his equipment won't be too far off of the world championship in KZ2. I don't think so. I really don't. Yeah. Um, so, again, um, I would love to be a world championship here because probably the only chance I do for me to race one again. You know, luckily, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to step away a little bit from karting. Um, but I would definitely come back for a, <laughs> for a U.S. world championship because, like Gary, Gary said, uh, a grip level here will definitely benefit my, me being so tall and so big than going anywhere in Europe where the le grip level is so high. You know, what's so wildly interesting about this is, and the reason why, when, you know, when David came to me with this idea and, you know, and sent me the article to edit and look through it, I, we, we talk about having, let's, let's, let's push this. Let's talk to discussion. I, I've been doing this for 30 years now. Um, you know, obviously I was at that Formula C World Championship race. We covered like one of the first issues of Shifter Guard Illustrated, but, but this is not a discussion we've ever, we've had here in the last 20 years. It's not, it's not been something that really has been brought out to the forefront and I think that, you know, with David, you know, writing that article, penning it, we've had a lot of discussion. I've got a lot of emails. I know David has as well. So, again, for you guys to come and join us here and bring us a lot of the information, I really appreciate it. It's, it's a lot of insight. I don't think that we're done in terms of this discussion. You know, David, you can talk about it a little bit, but Keith Freiber works uh, very closely with Akis as well. It always has. You've been talking to him a little bit. We, we've connected with him about the, uh, the Academy trophy, but also uh, on this topic as well. Yeah, he's essentially the uh, the American liaison for FI. He works with USAC Racing. He, he is essentially the, the representative that sits in with the uh, the CIK FI meetings uh, each month. So um, it's he has his insight into into ideas and stuff like that. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to join us tonight. So, but he is definitely going to going to kind of listen into what we've talked about here, and again, kind of further continue this discussion and. You know, hopefully he can be kind of the voice, the, the kind of the, the ignition to kind of get this started and talking with, you know, the ASN here, ACUS and, and USAC Racing to kind of get this going. And of course, you know, I, it, it, it's just going to take little bits here and there. I think, you know, we've gotten some interest in Europe, obviously, you know, Ewan's talked about Mr. Tanini and yep. and other people as well. You know, I, I got uh, Ian who uh, does the announcing for uh, WSK uh, just messaged me today about this stuff. He's like, he goes, what about going back to Jacksonville? <laughs> he goes, is that racetrack even there still? I go, yeah, for foil cycle racing, that's about it. But, um, but yeah, it, you know, you know, aside from what Gary talked about, the WSK race that happened in New Jersey, we haven't had anything, you know, internationally here aside from the Super Nationals. But again, we that's our one-off big one race that that it's kind of like the it's almost like the All Star race. You know, that's kind of how we look at it. Where you know, it's that's that one big race. Um, that we have at the end of the year. But again, I think, I think as we, as we, we kind of began, you know, the U S market, it's, it's kind of where everything began and, and it's a big, it's a big part of today's current uh, global market. And I think having something, some type of 
international event coming back here would be would be key. And I think, as Mike mentioned, you know, if it's not, you know, every maybe every five years something comes here, you know, whether it be you know KZ and then we do Rotax and then we do another KZ a couple of years after that. I think that's kind of hopefully what we can kind of tumble down and and get go towards uh, as we as we continue this this discussion. Well, listen, the bottom line is it's been 10 years since we've had a major event, 2013 at Knoll, the Rotax Grand Finals. We've talked about that. You mentioned the Formula C World Championships in uh, 1998. I think we go back to 96 or 97 when we had the, there was a three-race series over here, and we did a race up at Mosport at their driver development uh, uh, a track that they built there. Uh, both Rossberg and Lewis Hamilton were ra- ra- uh, racing there, I think, at Jika back then. So, um that's obviously it's, it's if we can get this going, get it rolling, you know, with the amount of market share that the U.S. D- uh, demands in the or commands rather in, in the global, you know, carding market. It's 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 crucial, I think, to come here on a, on a more regular basis. Let's wrap this thing up. Let's go around the horn one time. You and let's start with you. Final thoughts in terms of an importer, uh, your thoughts on, on getting a, a world championship event here. Like I said before, I would love to have a world championship event here. And obviously I've, I've done over the years that many world championships over in Europe and around the world that it would be kind of something really, really good for the U.S. market and to to make the U.S. market known to the rest of the world. Would it be beneficial with the categories? Who knows? Um, Me personally, I don't see the advantage of using the OK Junior and OK Senior if we don't use the classes here. KZ, possibly another thing. But, you know, I'm all four or U.S. World Championship. Uh, Mike Adams, Newcastle Motorsports Park. I know you said you've done a little bit of research already. We piqued your interest to dive a little deeper, maybe? Oh, absolutely. Um, I definitely want to delve into this um, this winter and and see where we would be, um, you know, get a real, a real feel for what the investment would be, what it would do to, you know, what it would take to maintain. Um, you know, I'd love to love to showcase Newcastle to the world personally, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously I'm biased, like I said, anywhere in the U S would be great, but I'm biased and would love to, to showcase what we have, you know, and what Mark built, what Mark built. And, and not, and, and, sh- and I just picture this, like they win on Sunday and then we take them Monday morning and go to Indianapolis motor speedway. And we, we know a few people there that might be able to hook us up with doing photos there. Like, could you imagine a world champion, you know, kind of like the Jason bulls, the super Nats I did, you know, we got to go out on the UNLV field at Sam Boyd Stadium. That was like one of the most memorable experiences I had. But could you imagine like a KZ or a KZ2 world champion sitting there on their yard of breaks holding their, their world championship trophy with the cart right there? Like that, yeah, yeah. I just picture that. Or even even having, you know, we talk, we haven't really talked about it much, but, you know, the, the kind of the festivities of the event. Having the world champion or the all the drivers come, you know, a couple of days early, taking them to Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Or, or some type of, of, of a tourist attraction where, where the event's held. Like, I think that's another aspect that we can look at and, and, and you know, kind of promote and, and have that ability to do that. I think Indianapolis and, and Newcastle would be kind of a, a checkmark for a lot of those drivers. Let's roll back to Gary here now. Gary, you've raced in a World Championship event before. You're going to take the GFC brand there in 2024, which I think is absolutely thrilling. I'm so excited about that. I think everybody in the uh, the U.S. community is going to be cheering for you guys uh, overseas. And, and you know, what would it mean to you to have one on, on home turf, right? Home soil. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a great opportunity, especially for a company and any other race team and company that's here in the U.S. That uh, for whatever category they would decide 
to be able to be a part of. I mean, I know when the WSK came to New Jersey, there was a lot of drivers that ended up sampling that category. And I think it was Tristan that, uh, the grand, right? He, yeah. Yep. He, he was on the podium. So that was, yeah. yep. I don't know. I don't remember if he did the whole championship. I don't think he did, but I mean, it's a great opportunity for anyone that, I mean, you could, who's to say, you know, race teams and they don't have to be factory supported teams. You could have privateer teams that are here in, in the States that could do well at a race and get their name known worldwide and also probably generate business. So when they come here for the races, either USPKS or SCUSA or even SuperNAS, that people might go to them rather than going to a, another bigger team or importer team that, um, so they could have, you know, obviously have a, a good chance. I mean, touching on the, my doubts, I mean, it sounds, I mean, from Ewan's experience, it sounds like it wouldn't be a big deal. Um, it's in more, maybe doubts on, on the, on the track side, but I mean, it just takes one person with a, with a dream to, to make it happen. And I'm sure the whole U S carding community would get behind it. it I think I, first everyone, it's easy to doubt. Like I did, you know, like I, in the beginning of the show, but, I mean, once if it did happen, let's say in the perfect world in our dream world, it did happen. We'd all be running there to go do it. So that's exactly right. It's true. Yeah, I think there's a ton, a ton of hurdles. It's going to cost money, like we said. And there's obviously uh, uh, there's obviously huge positives for it. Bottom line, there's not really any negatives. Danny, let's wrap things up with you. Like you said, you're kind of focusing on your Lamborghini program and your your program you have in cars now. Congrats on that, of course. Congrats on the Super Nats win. But you, you said this race would bring you back, right? For sure. No, 100%. You know, I'm still, I still have a, a decent schedule with uh, RPG next year. Uh, Mike and I actually have a phone call tomorrow just to see schedule to schedule what races I could do. I know I could do November races and I could do some, some in the beginning of the year. Um, but yeah, a world championship is something I've never participated in. A CIK FIA world championship. I would love to do it. Um, in KZ, you know, I, can I make the weight? Probably not. Am I going to have to run 10 pounds overweight? Probably yes. It is what it is. Um, at the end of the day, it'd be something huge for so many people here in the U.S. to be able to participate in something that we might not be able to do at a competitive level. Like like Gary's going with his own team, but as as Gary and you and all know, it's if you uh, if you go as a, pi a private private guy, a pioneer, privateer, sorry, um, you're not going to get the best of Franco. You're not going to get the best of Miami. You're not going to get the best of anyone. You know. So maybe you bring you come here and Gary has his own engine program that we all know is very, very good. His own chassis that's very, very good. So, you know, you bring it to the U.S., you give him a little bit more of an advantage than if he goes to you, you Portugal, where, again, I don't know how many test days Gary's going to do, but I guarantee it's going to be less than what other guys are going to do. So I think it'd be huge. I'd be, I'd be definitely down for it. I know every team, small, big, little, will try to participate. Probably going to be record fields for, for us. Um, to be participating in but again it's so much i'm just looking at it as a driver side not a business side and i know it's so much more difficult you know the fia is not the easiest people to work with and uh you know getting them to to come to the u.s where they really don't i don't want to say it but they don't probably like us very much it'd be a difficult thing well, we do have three Formula One races now, so they kind of do like us. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, yeah, but that's well. Andretti's not getting into F one. Good point. Either, Good so, point. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, well, listen, the the, uh, 
Yeah. The uh, the introduction of the KZ Masters category, I think, too, was big for the World Championships. You know, we saw a number of drivers go over there, Jordan Musser being one of them. Uh, I have a feeling that that because we've got so many uh, so many solid uh, Masters drivers here, I don't I don't think getting the, the numbers to people is going to be any. Again, you and you've talked all about it. It really comes down to number one, getting the CIKFI on board, getting USAC and and our side on board here, and finding a track who's, that's willing to, to put in the investment. That's really the bottom line. No, for sure. But the other thing is the financial investment that would come from, let's say, the, the, the general federation part. Because, like I said, it's not just down to the track, don't get me wrong. It's also from the, the actual uh, the federation that can actually entice the people to come here. And sadly, you'll do that financially. you know, Because it was like when all the other years that we've traveled to Asia and we went to Macau, uh, to Japan, all these places, the federations in each country or even when we went to Bahrain or wherever, the federations have always, always put up money to entice the people here. May it be paying for logistics with containers, may it be paying for shipments, may it be paying for air travels or hotels for each of the driver. But each federation put up a lot of money, like a lot of money over the years. Especially when I remember when we went to Macau, Macau was incredible because they, they used to literally come up to you halfway through the race weekend, getting towards Saturday possibly. And then afterwards, literally, one, uh, the secretary from the, the track who would organize all the Federation stuff, she would literally come up and give you an envelope, an envelope for each driver. And there was like, I don't know, I can't remember, there was one year where it was like $1,000 or something like that. But they gave $1,000 to each driver in the paddock. And it was, it was cool because... It, it shows their support and how much they want to entice it. So, you know, the big decision over here in the U.S., where is it coming from? Because at the end of the day, we don't have a federation. True enough. Yeah, true enough. So, Those are the, are the one thing to touch about. on as a, as a driver, I guess I've driven in every karting race, you know, known to man. And I will say, even though the last time I did do the world championships, I was starting – not in a great spot, let's just say, you know, not in a winning, winning spot to, but you sit there on the grid when they do the, you know, they put everyone on the grid and you look around. And even though I was starting, not where I would like to be, I even look back and forth and, and you look at it, it's just, you're with the best of the best on the best. I mean, it is a very neat feeling to be a part of that. Even being, if you're a team owner, mechanic, family member, driver, I mean, when you realize you're at the pinnacle of our sport and at that at event, so to speak, an event like that with the name of it, you could really have it anywhere in any any track. When you ha do have the name like Danny did touch on, it does have a different feel, at least for the driver. But I guarantee for mechanics and everything else, I mean, how many times have you gone to one particular racetrack? I'm sure Ewan can touch on it, too. I mean. You go to Andreville a million times for the French championship, but when it's the world championship in Andreville, you're on the grid. It's a different, oh, it's different. Sure. It's yeah, I mean, different. That, that, that feeling that you're talking about, it's, it's, hard to uh, describe. It, it's hard to describe, but like even when you're a, as a mechanic, when you're on the grid and you're on the front row at a world championship, ready to push off for the final, like it's a, it's a feeling that you've got inside that it's, you know, it's so hard to describe. <laughs> You know, and it's it, don't get me wrong. I've been all over the place, but to get that feeling, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to find. You didn't feel that way, you in in October with me? 
<laughs> I have to admit, I got quite upset when I was watching you race. <laughs> he was emotionally invested, David. He was. I, he got was. Quite, I got quite upset watching you race, especially when that did hit you off. I was not happy, Camper. <laughs> I really thought line. we were going. I thought we were going for podium, but I was not happy. That's camper. right. That's, That's right. No. Well, guys, listen, thank you so much for taking the time out of a Wednesday night. We appreciate it. Uh, obviously, a, a great way to kind of extend the discussion, you know, the, the topic that David put out there in that column of his. And I think there's going to be more discussion happening. And we do appreciate it again. Uh, happy holidays to all you guys. I know we're getting ready to roll into the weekend here in Christmas. We'll see you guys around the corner. and Looking forward to a great 2024. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks. Stuff. Well, David Cole, uh, all it took was an article, and uh, it's a motion. To, it's a movement now. People are kind of talking about it. Uh, it's something. And, and listen, that was from you and from Gary, from from uh, from Mike, and from from Danny. Just great insight from like, different areas of the sport. Yeah, we accomplished what I want. I set out to do. You know, we got different viewpoints from different angles of this event. Um, you know, different opinions, different thoughts, different ideas, and and different concerns. You know, that's that's obviously it. You know, you're. You can just we could go blazing towards this, but, you know, you got to think about this and think about that. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with this roundtable, because, you know, mine was just lighting the fuse. That That's what I wanted to do. And I think I, we accomplished that. So now, you know, it's it's how can we continue this momentum going forward? So that that's 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 um, that's, that's the most that's the motivation right now. Well, we'll be more emails, more talking coming, folks. Like we've said, we've reached out to Keith Freeber already. So it's something that at least is in motion. We're going to talk about it. And when you start talking, things can get dumb. We'll see whether or not uh, we find ourselves with a world champion event sometime in the next five to 10 years. Again, thank you to our guests for joining us today. It was awesome for them to be here. Great insight for sure. Of course, David, uh, for writing that article that really has dialed things in. We do appreciate you tuning in. Our very first edition of the Roundtable. We're going to do a lot more of them in 2024. If we don't talk to you before the end of the season, folks, happy holidays. Merry Christmas from all of us here at eCardingNews.com. We hope you have a fantastic uh, Christmas and, of course, New Year's after that. We'll see you in 2024. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.